The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 29 Chimpan Choose Your Words Wisely. Bethany Blunt lives in a treehouse in the middle of the jungle with a bunch of monkeys. This wasn't by choice. Oh no. If she had it her way, she would have been back in her Manhattan apartment on the 57th floor eating Pop-Tarts and playing ping pong with her friends. Instead, she now spent her day swinging through trees like a jungle woman looking for food. When she wasn't looking for food, she was socializing with the monkey tribe, taking turns picking stuff off their backs, which she still didn't get the point of, and howling at anything that came near their treehouse village. It was a simple, if not obnoxious existence, but it was all she had. She'd done what any other smart kid would have done when their parents forget them in the jungle. She adapted. You heard that right. Her parents totally ditched her. One day, they were on a cruise excursion, zipping through the jungle on zip lines, and the next minute, her harness had detached from the cable and she'd gone tumbling through the treetops. Her parents, two incredibly self-interested people, who were way overdressed for a day in the jungle, decided it'd be prudent to return to the ship with the rest of the group after only a few hours looking for her. Apparently, paying for another excursion was out of the question for two New York banking execs. Bethany wasn't even sure if they ever bothered calling search and rescue. She thought she'd heard the sound of a couple of helicopters the day after she was lost, but she never saw them. So, she picked herself up, pulled the leaves and twigs out of her hair, and walked deeper into the jungle. After hours of ducking under vines and swatting at buzzing insects, she came upon a beautiful treehouse village. There were stone statues of monkeys next to enormous trees that had little round bamboo huts perched up in the branches. She soon discovered the only way up to the little huts was by climbing jungle vines. Hoping to find a tribe of native people who could help her, she started the climb. But just as she was halfway up, monkeys, mainly chimpanzees, started running out of the treehouses, howling and making a racket. Ah, shut it, she yelled at them. And shockingly, the monkeys went quiet. That was the start to a very tense relationship with the monkey tribe. Bethany became one of them. They showed her how to find food and speak in jungle tongue. She taught them English and told them when they stunk real bad, which was often. Nana, said one of the monkeys. No, it's banana, you crazy ape, Bethany corrected. Ba? Good. Na? Uh-huh. No? Why do I even try with you people? Hand me another piece of fruit. That was the thing about Bethany. She had a way with words. And by that I mean a way to offend most everyone with them. 
She not only used mean words, but said them in a mean way. Get out of my hut, she'd yell, or you smell like old cheese. And occasionally, that's what you call a hat? <laughs> the monkeys, who again had barely learned English, felt judged by her. They started to keep their distance and swing on the vines furthest from Bethany's treehouse. They didn't appreciate her constant onslaught of rude comments. You may be thinking, of course the poor girl is crappy. She'd been abandoned by her parents for crying out loud. But that's the thing. Bethany was just as rude back home as she was in the jungle. The only difference is she now looked a little crazier doing it. Most days, she stomped out of her bamboo treehouse, her clothes ripped and stained, her hair matted into dreadlocks and full of leaves, chewing on a stick of bamboo. Her gruff appearance was enough to scare off the monkey babies, who ran behind their mothers and peeked out over their shoulders. What are y'all looking at? She'd shout, taking a big mean bite out of her bamboo stick, as if it were a little stalk of celery. Finally, one day, while Bethany was hanging a hammock in her treehouse, Leopold, the tribe's only orangutan, approached her. His long orange hair had been brushed back, and his wide face flaps were spotless, as usual. He wore a long shirt made of banana leaves. Bethany, dear, may I have a word? Leopold was the quickest learner of the bunch. What do you want? Bethany growled, hooking the hammock into the wall with a grunt. Leopold ran his long, dark fingers through his hair and stood up straight. I would like to talk to you about your words. My words? You have a problem with the way I talk? In case you're forgetting, I'm the one who taught you how to talk. <laughs> well, I remember quite well, and I greatly appreciate it. Teaching us how to speak your language has been a remarkable leap forward for our tribe. It's just that the words you choose to use, and the way you use them, have a tendency to offend others. <laughs> You're just a bunch of crybabies. Bethany tried jumping into her newly hung hammock, which pulled too tight, spun, and spat her back out onto the ground. She hissed in pain. Are you all right? Leopold came to her aid. I'm fine, you big hairball. It's just a scratch. Very well, very well. As I was saying, we would all greatly appreciate it if you would speak kindly and think about what you are going to say and how you are going to say it before you speak the words. Bethany found a scrap of banana in her hair and ate it. What do you want me to think? Leopold smiled patiently. I want you to think about how the words you are about to say might make the other person feel. Think, if I say this a little differently, maybe it won't make the other person angry, sad, or confused. I can't control how other people feel. Ah, but you have a great deal more influence than you'd think. Speak kindly and you just might make someone smile. Bethany frowned her deepest frown at him. Are you done? That is all I had to say, yes. Good day, Bethany. Whatever. 
Needless to say, it was not a very productive conversation. From that day on, Bethany started to notice that even fewer monkeys wanted to be around her. They stopped letting her pick at their backs during cleaning time. Not that she wanted to anyway. Much worse, it got to the point where the other monkeys were no longer willing to share their bamboo. They knew she'd just complain about it anyway. Bethany loved the sweet bamboo of the jungle. It was all she looked forward to every day. When the monkeys refused to give her any, Bethany said, Fine. Y'all don't want to give me your stuff? I'll go get my own. And to everyone's relief, she stomped into the jungle. She thought she heard a chorus of celebratory hoots as she left, which made her even more determined. She hadn't gone far when she came across a sly-looking jaguar. Its beautiful orange fur with black spots was impossible to miss as it stepped out onto a branch overhead. Bethany looked up at it, and in the universal jungle speech the monkeys had taught her, she said, Or, in other words, What do you want? The jaguar hopped down in front of her and looked her over, circling a few times. In much clearer, fluent jungle tongue, he replied, I want to know what a human is doing all the way out here. His voice was calm, gravelly, and slightly menacing. Bethany rolled her eyes. The miserable monkey stopped sharing their bamboo with me, so I've got to go looking for some. The jaguar's whiskers turned up in a smile. Is that right? Well, you can find the best bamboo just over the creek over there. Monkeys, you say? Yeah, loads of them, each stinkier than the next. I don't need them in their lousy treehouse village anyway. The jaguar looked down the path with which Bethany had come. A treehouse village. I would love to visit such a place. It was that way? Bethany pointed down the path. Yep, down that path, an hour's walk. Just past the old monkey ruins. Can't miss it. If I were you, I wouldn't bother, though. The greedy hairballs probably won't share any food with you. The jaguar grinned again. Oh, I don't think that will be a problem. Thank you for your help. Whatever. Bethany and the jaguar went their separate ways. The jaguar slinking silently into the jungle towards the treehouse village, and Bethany hopping the creek to get to the bamboo forest. The jaguar wasn't lying. The bamboo plants in this part of the jungle were huge. The tall green poles stretched high above her, and walking through them was like trying to walk through a crowd in Times Square. She was just about to pick a very delicious-looking branch, when she noticed a faint yellow light coming from within the trees. Pushing the bamboo aside, she walked towards it. The light grew brighter and brighter, until finally she came to a stop at a little bamboo sprout, poking up out of the ground no more than a foot. It was glowing yellow. The light sparkled in Bethany's eyes. Unable to resist any longer, she picked it up and took a bite. Mm. After the initial crunch, the bamboo was soft, warm, and sweet. It filled her mouth with fuzzy tingles. 
When she swallowed, the warm, tingling sensation fizzed down to her stomach. She let out a little laugh. <laughs> That's weird, she said, but good. She took another bite, and another, and another. Pretty soon there was only a little piece of it left. Bethany tucked it away in her pocket and licked her fingers. She whistled on her way out of the bamboo forest. As soon as she emerged, she could tell something was different about her. She felt shorter, hairier, and stinkier. Her posture was terrible, her lips were jutting out, and her ears felt as though they doubled in size. She held out her arm. He was covered in long, dark hair. Ah! She ran for the creek, noticing how she now ran on all fours, her knuckles beating down against the soft jungle floor. When she reached the creek and looked into it, her eyes nearly popped out of her furry head. Who's that? She cried. She was looking down at a chimpanzee. A chimpanzee in clothes. The bamboo, she mumbled. He turned me into a monkey? But there was something else that was different as well. She felt it every time she spoke. Excuse me, came a little voice down below. Bethany looked and saw an orange frog sitting on a log with a baby on its back. Yes, Bethany said. Would you mind pointing us towards the pond? We seem to have gotten lost and I was sure it was around here somewhere. Of course, Bethany replied. Her dark monkey hand pointed into the jungle. If you go between those two trees, through those ferns, you'll find lots of good lily pads and flowers too. Perfect, thank you, the little frog said. Would you like me <laughs> to carry you to it? Bethany found herself saying. No, I wouldn't want to get any of my poison on you, but thank you for offering. Of course, beamed Bethany. Have a wonderful day. You too, said the frog, and off she hopped. As the little orange frog hopped into the ferns, Bethany slowly touched her big lips. Why was she talking like this? Why was she being so nice? Trying to shake off the weird interaction, she climbed the nearest tree and swung from its branches. Transforming into a monkey was terrifying, but she had to admit, this new ease of climbing and swinging was incredibly freeing. She practically flew from treetop to treetop, her arms barely feeling the effort. Towards the top of one of the trees, she came across a colorful toucan. You're stepping on my tail feathers, the toucan said with a shriek. Bethany hopped off the toucan's tail. Oh, sorry about that. Are you okay? I'm fine. Thank you for asking, said the toucan. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bethany swung from tree to tree, encountering new critters at every turn. To her own amazement, she found herself complimenting the colors of a lizard's beautiful blue scales, making the lizard smile. Why, thank you. You're welcome. She swung past a sloth and cried out, Isn't it a wonderful day? The sloth very slowly looked around and grinned. 
Why, yes, it is. Bethany ran by a little baby snake that was coiled up and afraid to come out of its hole. Hey there, little guy. She bent down next to him. Come on out. You don't need to be afraid. I can watch you. The little baby snake slithered out. Thank you. You're welcome, Bethany replied. As much as she hated to admit it, Bethany was starting to like the sound of her new words. She liked the effect they seemed to have on the other animals around her. Everyone she came in contact with was smiling by the end of their conversation. Yeah, she was a stinky monkey, but this new energy felt good. And her climbing skills? Chowza! They were getting better with every tree jump. She thought about the other monkeys back at the treehouse village. She realized how rude she'd been to them and cringed at the thought of all the mean and hurtful things she'd said. Determined to make things right, Bethany climbed up a tree and swung from branch to vine to branch all the way back to the treehouse village. But when she got there, something was wrong. Many of the bamboo tree houses were smashed in. Their broken doors and walls lay scattered on the jungle floor below. Smashed bananas covered the trees, and the ancient monkey statues lay tipped over. What happened here? Bethany said to herself. She started calling out for her monkey friends as she jumped from treehouse to treehouse, but no one answered. She extended her search to the surrounding jungle, calling out for them. Leopold? Monkeys? Where are you? Finally, she heard someone say, Over here! Bethany turned and saw Leopold, the orangutan, walking out from behind a jungle fern. The rest of the monkeys were behind him, peeking out from behind bushes and trees. Who are you and what are you doing wearing Bethany's clothes? he asked. Bethany smiled. It's me! I ate some magical bamboo and now I'm a... Monkey? Yes, we can see that. I guess I've seen stranger things in the jungle. What happened to the village? Bethany asked. Is everyone okay? The orangutan looked her up and down. Is everyone okay? Who are you, really? What have you done with the girl? No, really, Leopold, it's me, Bethany. The Bethany I know would never ask if everyone is okay. The ape folded his long, orange-furred arms. The monkeys behind him were nodding. Well, I, I, I've changed. My words have changed. I'm sorry I was so rude to all of you. I've said a lot of hurtful things to you all. I hope you can forgive me. Leopold looked dumbstruck. By golly, it really is her. Apology accepted, my dear. The village was attacked by a ruthless jaguar. We managed to escape, but a few of the young ones were injured. Bethany's hair stood up. She felt a zing of guilt. Looking back, she realized what she'd done telling the jaguar where to find the village. Her words had caused real damage. I'm going to fix it, she told her monkey friends. All of it. She turned and led the way back to the treehouse village, where she cleaned up all of the smashed banana fixed the houses as best she could, and with a little help from the others, stood the monkey statues back up. Once they were finished cleaning up, Bethany looked around. You're all out of bananas. 
Quite unfortunate, Leopold said, folding his arms behind him. It was the only weapon we had against the jaguar. Bananas were raining down from the trees. That's how we finally scared it off. I had a few well-placed throws myself. I'm sure you did, Bethany smiled. I'm going to get us some more bananas. Maybe when I get back, we can throw a banana party. A banana throwing party, Leopold suggested. Bethany laughed. Sounds like a blast. I'll be back in a bit. With an extra pep in her step, Bethany headed back into the jungle as the sun was starting to set. When she reached the banana trees, she climbed to the top and began picking large bushels of them. A voice down below called up to her. I see you found the best, Bamboo. Bethany looked down from the treetop and saw the sly jaguar looking up at her with his hungry yellow eyes. I did, she said. She thought long and hard about what she would say next. Did you find the monkeys? The jaguar tilted his head. You know, they must have run off. I can't seem to find them anywhere. Hmm. I just saw a bunch of monkeys a few minutes ago, Bethany told him. The jaguar's whiskers turned up, baring his fangs. You did, did you? And where were they exactly? Bethany looked out over the jungle from the treetop and smiled. She pointed east. They were that way, but they acting really skittish. They don't like it when you run up on them. So I suggest you go as slow as you can through the ferns until you reach them. The jaguar wagged his long tail happily. Much appreciated. Good luck, Bethany said. The jaguar slowly slinked into the jungle. Once he was out of sight, he was off, running with incredible speed through the trees. Faster and faster he ran, licking his lips, redding his fangs. He ran and ran, ferns whipping by him, dirt flying from his clawing paws. Faster and faster and faster until, whoosh, he sprang out of the bushes. The jaguar found himself floating off a cliff, clawing at air, staring down in shock at the river far below. Bethany could hear his roar of despair from her treetop in the distance. Waiting until the cry faded into a faint splash, she smiled, thinking of the jaguar being pushed down the river to the other end of the jungle, far away from her friends. Then she climbed down the tree and headed back to the village. When she arrived with a towering armful of bananas, the monkeys shrieked with excitement. Who's hungry? she shouted. The monkeys howled and jumped up and down. A great big bonfire was started in the middle of the village clearing. Monkey families danced around it, laughing, hooting, and singing. Some sat on mossy logs and roasted bananas on a stick. Others threw in handfuls of mushrooms, making the flames flare green, blue, and red. It was a celebration unlike any other. Just as the festivities were starting to wind down, Leopold called out, Yoo-hoo, Bethany, over here. Bethany turned just in time to get a banana in her face. Splat! The other monkeys shrieked with laughter. Bethany wiped the yellow from her face and grabbed a banana off the ground. I just did my makeup, 
she joked, throwing a banana back at him. Leopold did a cartwheel and caught it with one of his feet. The other monkeys stared in amazement. Food fight! Someone shouted. All at once, the monkeys scooped up the bananas and started throwing. Splat, 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 splat. The night air was blurred with streaks of yellow. A few bananas passed through the fire and became flaming projectiles. Luckily, those were dodged, but the rest found their targets. Splat, splat, splat. Smash banana caked the monkeys from head to tail. Suddenly, a loud voice interrupted the banana bonanza. What's going on here? The monkeys stopped throwing. A banana peel sliding off her head, Bethany turned and saw a man and woman standing just inside the light of the bonfire. They looked disheveled, their clothes torn, their faces smudged. It took Bethany a few long seconds to recognize them. Mom? Dad? The two humans looked at the monkey dressed in their daughter's clothes. Harriet, said her dad, this monkey's talking to us. And it's wearing our daughter's clothes, said her mom. Bethany walked up to them. You finally found me. What took you so... <clears throat> it's been a long time. I've missed you. Her parents looked at each other confused. I don't know what's going on here, her dad said, pointing at the banana-covered monkeys. But I want to know how you monkeys figured out how to talk and make fire. And tree houses, her mom added, pointing up at the huts and the trees. Leopold stepped forward. <clears throat> if I may, we are much more intelligent than you humans care to admit. The tree houses were fabricated a number of years ago using traditional building methods and local materials. The speech and fire came as a result of your daughter's instruction, of which we are most grateful. Leopold gave a polite bow. Bethany's parents' jaws dropped. Where have you guys been? Bethany asked. Her dad scratched his head. Oh, we got lost during a cruise ship excursion looking for our daughter. We'd been camping near the mountain a few miles away and came down as soon as we saw the bonfire. He squinted into Bethany's chimp face. Is it really you? Bethany nodded. Her dad looked at all her hair. Honey, you really need to shave. Her mom sniffed her. And the smell, Bethany, honestly. I know you've been lost out here for a long time, but you could have at least jumped in a lake at some point. She pointed to the monkeys. Are these the friends you made? I think you could have done a little better. As her mom droned on, Bethany took the last little bit of magical bamboo out of her pocket, broke it in half, and handed them each a piece. Here, she said. Have a snack, and then we'll talk about it. Shrugging, her parents took the magical bamboo and popped it into their mouths. Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Life. It's fun coming back to life. It's such a crazy, whimsical, wacky 
series, uh, and I've missed doing a story in the live series. So I hope you enjoyed that. Mom, Roxanne, thank you for looking over that story for me. And I'd love to give a shout out to a couple of our patrons. Owen from Seattle, who's been listening to the show while building amazing Lego creations. Owen, that's awesome, dude. I'd love to see one of those creations sometime. And Rowan and Finn, thank you so much for listening. You guys... I appreciate the support. You're all amazing. And thank you, Rocketeers, for sharing your feedback. I love reading the comments that you make via email or on Facebook or Instagram. I love it. I love uh, engaging with you guys. It's a lot of fun. I wanted to do this story because it's a really important lesson to learn that our words are powerful. And the way we say our words is just as powerful. And sometimes both as kids and as adults... We say things a certain way that can be kind of hurtful and rude, and it makes people sad or not feel good. And we forget that if we would just change the way we say things even just a little bit, it can really have an impact on other people and on ourselves. When we use kind words and say things in a loving way, it makes us feel good too. So Rocketeers, I want to challenge you to think about what you're going to say before you say it. I struggle with this. You can ask anybody that knows me. I uh, have a tendency to speak my mind. Uh, The words come out almost as quickly as the thoughts are processing in my brain. So this is something that I'm working on. I'm not great at it, but it's a good reminder for me and my kids Aurora, Cohen, Sawyer, Eloise, it's important that we're careful with the words we use. For example, just the question, what are you doing, when you say it in different ways, can sound different. What are you doing? Versus, what are you doing? Or, what are you doing? Right? Can you feel the difference between those two ways of how I'm saying that? There's that kind of innocent curiosity of like, oh, cool, what are you doing? Versus, oh, what are you doing? Like, I'm angry with what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Right? Just the way, the tone, changing the tone. And this is kind of funny that I'm talking about this because I have to change my tone a lot when I'm narrating these stories, right? When I'm doing different characters in order to convey different feeling in a character, I change my tone. And likewise, in real life, when we change the tone of the the words we're saying, it changes the feeling that we put into those words. Here's another example. When you choose to say, give me that. That's a really rude way of just asking somebody to share something, right? Give me that versus, can I please have a turn? I'll give it right back, right? Do you see the difference? Are you more likely to share with somebody that says, give me that is reaching for something versus somebody that says, can I please have a turn? I'll give it right back. Man, I know I'd be more likely to share with that second person, although we should try to share with everybody, but see how powerful that is? Or maybe at dinner time when your parents make dinner, And you look at it, you say, yuck, I don't like this. That's mean. That's hurtful, right? That's rude. Your parents worked hard on that meal. And when you use words like that, it puts people on the defensive, right? Then it makes other people angry when they hear you talk like that. Instead of you trying to be humble and tasting something, right? Even if you don't think you're going to like it, expressing your gratitude, telling your mom and dad thanks for making the meal, and then giving it a try, even if you're not sure it's going to taste good, You might be surprised. The chances are you're going to like most of that stuff you try. Rocketeers, try to find a way to be kinder when you talk, okay? Even if somebody's being rude to you, it's important that you stay strong and still use kind words. 
And you can give feedback in a nice way too. So you can say, I would appreciate it if you'd ask first next time before taking that. Or can you please not call us names? Can you please not call us names? Look, at the end of the day, you can't control what other people are doing, but you'd be amazed at how powerful the tone of your voice and the words you choose have on other people. And most importantly, the power you have to make other people smile. I want to challenge you, Rocketeers, to do that, to ask people how their day's going, to to tell people thank you as we've taught you earlier in this podcast. And when you say things in a nice way, chances are people are going to say things in a nice way back at you. And then we all leave with a good feeling, right? We're not all perfect. You're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make lots of mistakes. Don't get down on yourself. Just recognize that, oh, I could have said that better and apologize and try to change it and do better next time, okay? Rocketeers, you're awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to tune back in next time for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.